is The Drive. And hello, good afternoon, and welcome to another stellar edition of The Drive here on Fan Run Radio. Russell Smith punching the time clock on a beautiful Thursday afternoon in East Tennessee. Bear and Marcus don't look weird wearing shorts outside today in January. It's it's good. Hope everybody's doing well. I was. Thanks for tuning in. You was? I, I was doing well. What happened? Pretty wound up, man. Pretty so it's wound- sunny. Beautiful day. Looking at my car. It's got all that road grime, the salt from the so we really hadn't had a chance to wash wash your cars, right? You no, know? and it's gonna get cold again. Yeah, but I, I just I had to get that. I'm really funny. I, I want to get that whatever it is they spray down where, on the roads. I want that off yeah. my car. Oh yeah. Where do you go to get your car washed? Uh, I will not be going back to the place I went about an hour ago. It was one of those kind of semi-automatic, like you drive in, you know, like a zippy wash or something like. You know yeah. what I'm talking about. I sprung for the the you know the you full go, money. You went ultimate. Uh, it's went always the ultimate. You, the, you, hey. you get up there. You get up there, and it's decision time. And you're like, man, I can't cheap out on the car. Like I'm already here. I'm going to spend a decent amount. I might as well go for the whole kit and caboodle, right? Give me the platinum package. I want the two times ceramic coating. It's very similar to ceramic a movie coating. Yeah, they spray on this like ceramic coating wax. Isn't ceramic glass? Tell me that as much radio as you, I mean, you're in radio, you've never heard a commercial where they talk about ceramic coating? Yeah, well, I mean, we, G&J does it. It's like a, it's a, like a polymer, like a thing they actually paint on your car. Yeah, this is a, the drive through car wash version, which it lasts, you know. Like as soon as you get out and like well, the next no, rain, it comes off. It, you get, you probably get about two good rains on it, but anyhow. So I paid the 25 bucks. My car's not clean. The vacuums didn't really work. You just All these your kids car were on their phone, and you could see them. You know how they're supposed to spray your car with that yeah, gun-looking yeah, thing? Yeah. They didn't do that. That was my first tip-off. Yeah. And then I looked to my left through the driver's side window and could see them through the glass of whatever room they were all sitting in, and they were all just sitting there staring at their phones, Russ. What do you want them to do? Put their phones down and come out and, like, hand-wash your car? No, I want them to do their job, which is one of them needs to come out as you enter the car wash, and they use that pressure washing wand, and they go around and blast off all like the bugs in your grill and all yeah. that stuff. I wash my cars by hand for the most part. I, I, I don't trust the – I only do a touch-free car wash. There's a touch-free car wash at the Ingles and Farragut free plug. But – I don't let the bristles and stuff on your car. That's no, that's it no swirls good. your paint. That's no good. Yeah, it's, it's, bad, it's bad for your car, man. Yeah, I figured that out too. So now I'm going to have to go have my car come. But anyhow, it, it's a beautiful day. Glad to be here. I'm over, completely over my anger from Tuesday night. I, I called him at, uh, or he called me this morning, uh, Marcus, in a blind rage <laughs> about, um, and I won't tell you what he called the woman in front of him who missed a a, a, a red or a green light because she was texting. Uh-huh. But I'm, I'm going to ask you this okay. because 
I had a similar situation. I don't know what it is. I don't know if there's a full moon out right now, but the bad drivers, it's out of control. Yeah, Out of control right now. I don't know what it is about today, but it's awful. You tell me who is the worst driver. Who would piss you off the worst? So, and Bear, explain your situation. Are you on a two-lane road or, or something you can't I'll go I'll tell you exactly where I was on that road. Uh, remember where the, the OG Weigels is over there on Pleasant Ridge next to the apartments? And then they built the Super Weigels yeah. down there. I was, you know, that, that little connector road from Western to Pleasant Ridge? The road where if you go fast enough, your stomach drops out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was at, coming up on that stoplight to turn left. And I can see in front of me, a light turned green. I waited a second, waited a second. And then I could tell she, she was looking. Yeah, she was looking at her phone. Her head was down. Did you beep? Oh, yeah. I gave her a polite just beep, beep. beep. Yeah, I'm going to get your attention. Didn't work. She gave me the one finger. She, what? Whoa. And I'm not talking about the middle one. Like she said, like, wait on me? Like, just a minute? Yeah. Like she's text. Oh, yeah. Uh, don't let me disturb you, sweetheart. Take your time. Yeah. So then it wasn't a, a tap after that. I just, you see, I did it to you one time when you were doing a halftime voluntary. Yeah, I don't mind doing it. I just mashed my horn down and held it. And then she kind of jerked, and then she kind of sat there on the light at that point. Wow. And then I may have screamed some stuff that I didn't tell you about idiot. out the window. All right, that's, that's pretty bad. That's pretty bad. I think it's more – I I hate the one-minute finger more yeah, that, than that, the – That's worse than – the that, That's finger. the worst part of it. Yeah. yeah, one minute. It's like, no, we're you driving can, cars you, on, a, on a road. Like, no, you, you, you one minute. You one minute. You go where you're going and then send the text. Like, driving exactly. takes precedence here. And you, you wait, not me. You give me one minute, you're going to be sitting on four flats, and I'll be rolling down the road laughing. <laughs> one minute. Wait, you're, you're going to get out of your car uh, and knife each of her tires? I'm saying I could get it probably done in a minute. I'm not saying I would do it, Russ. Those now, are the things I, that I, are I running want you to think about this logistically here for a second. Imagine Bear getting out of his car with a knife and popping all four tires. So he pops one, and then, like, jerks the knife out, walks up to another. Like, I think you probably could do it in a minute. I'm just saying, at what point do you realize, maybe this is insane, I'm going to get back in my car and go now? Before I even get out of the car to do it, I'm just, I'm just telling you. I'm like the guy in falling down, man. I'm always just one bad, something bad from just snapping. See, that's not, that wasn't my first thought. My first thought was, I think he could get two in before she tries to drive away. Unless he's going to sneak around, like, army style and, like, no. get low and stab each of them. Yeah, I think I'd be walking in my head. I was thinking, I'll just walk one minute. One minute. There's your one minute, lady. You know what I called her. You know what I yelled out the window. All right, so there's that. That's pretty bad. That's pretty bad. Yeah. Here's the person I got stuck behind today on my way uh, home briefly on Cedar Bluff Road, right? Everybody knows, familiar with Cedar Bluff. It's a five-lane road, right? Two lanes on each side with what in the middle? A turn lane. A turn lane. A turn lane. Oh, no. So I'm coming like towards Middlebrook, and there's the, it's Casey's now, and uh, some... It, and all of a sudden, like, the traffic just stops. 
Like, there, it's not too bad. It's Cedar Bluff. It's it's pretty heavily trafficked. But all of a sudden, my lane just stops. And I'm like, what what is going on here? I'm pissed off now, just immediately, in, that's, in a blind that's, rage. That's, that's, that road's and, damn near a highway. So, like, the people in front of me start, like, peeling out, going around this lane, this, this person who I find out, like, and I see that it's somebody's turning left into the gas station, but they're not using the turn lane. That's incredibly they, dangerous. They've just stopped in one of the lanes. They're, the turn lane is open. There is nobody there. And so, like, I'm approaching, and I, like, I'm trying to be more empathetic, trying to be more patient person. New year, new Russell, like, trying to get it together a little bit. And so I see, and I'm like, my thought process is, I hope it's like, a old lady who's like sitting down low because then I won't feel so emboldened and because like you know it's could be well, your mom yeah and but no man it's just like thirty year old woman at that point <laughs> I I, I kind of felt like you could have politely rolled down your window and said hey sugar that lane next to you it's for the turns I, I mean that I could have done that you know what else I could have done I could have like just rammed her in the back right corner, got her loose, and put her in the wall. That's what I'm thinking. That's how I am. That's what the, I wanted to do. That's what I wanted to do. That's what I was talking about with the knife in the tires. Mm. That's what I wanted to do. All right, Marcus, who, who's who's the worst driver of the day? Bears just a minute at the traffic light woman or my I'm turning left but not using the traffic lane yeah. woman? Okay, now hold on. I do have one. It, it'll be quick. She made it. Through the first light, she skirted through. But you didn't. But I didn't. That was the ultimate insult. I, I'm sorry. I think you got to just, I think you got to go for it there, man. I think you just got to yeah. bust through that red light and just get right up like half an inch off her bump. Well, I'm, her I'm just I'm like, not even that. I'm, I'm, I'm not waiting at that point. Yeah. Like waiting would be worse than actually getting the finger. I would be seething that I had to wait while she went. I see, obviously, there's merit to both how terrible they are because you're right. Like, if it was an old woman who is 30 years past when she should be allowed to drive, you can you can see that turning in the lane thing being uh, somewhat less It's like she's seething. old. It's, hey, man, it's going to happen to all of us. Little grace. Yeah. But no, this is somebody should be in their prime. <laughs> but I, th- I, think, I think that the key here... Is that while Bear was at the light, because I, I understand that anger, like to where if someone, like, you know what, give me the bird, you know, whatever, like, I don't care, like, we're both upset. To to put up the one minute shot, like, I have to go with Bear on this one, because, like, that would make me go into a blind rage of being like, you want me to wait one minute while we're all sitting here waiting for you? No. No, oh, she was in, like, a, a brand spanking new, uh, some kind of, you know, German four-door you know like sports sedan car yeah no i i think there's sorority letters in her window it's close but the the one minute i think gives bear that edge because that that would put me into just a uh, anger like no other yeah uh, here's the other one Here, here's the your other what what is uh what is talk sports called um either or they have this that, or that i don't know They're, yeah no that that's three a clown well that's a segment I want to steal when it when it when Cody gets them canceled inevitably. <laughs> yeah, we're stealing that segment. Um, at Dirt Knox on Twitter, mm-hmm. had a good one today. The lowest form of humanity, unless handicapped, throwing that caveat, refuse to return the buggy 
to the buggy return. Speaking as someone who during a very brief period in their teenage years that had had to go collect buggies, there is uh, Big Orange Mac. He's the same. He did the same thing, but uh, there is no lower form of life than too damn lazy to take your cart to the corral. Yeah, that's that. That's pretty bad. Yeah. the The other thing, and this this wasn't a problem until recently. The the self checkout lines. I'm not. I'm not a buggy guy. As I I yeah. go to the store. I'm getting a handful of things. I'm using the self checkout line. I'm getting in. I'm getting out. I ain't waiting in line. That's just my personal policy. Right. So I'm I'm a basket guy. I get the basket, get a couple things, go Same through here. there. Now, the guy who leaves the basket, you set the basket down, and then you scan your things. Yeah. You get your bags, you take the basket, and you put it in the little receptacle. There's a stack yeah. at there. But there are a lot of a lot of y'all out there. I don't they know just leave what, it sitting there? They just leave it sitting there, man. Uh, you know what? Uh, uh, it's so inconsiderate. Well, yeah, you know what you do in that situation. If you really, if you really want to get a point across, you pick that basket up, up. chase him down. Excuse me, sir, you forgot something. Uh, I just kind of sling. I was like, "Hey, buddy, you forgot? You forget something?" We all work on the honor system here, pal. The people at my food city. But I'm not throwing that at him. But but I think uh, yeah, no, I I'm think not we, throwing it. I at think him. I'm we just as a, it towards him. You're throwing that at him. I I think we as a society should come like. It's time we start speaking up a little bit. I, I think that's perfectly acceptable. Excuse me, sir. Sir, you forgot your basket. Could you get your basket? Put your basket up, please. This isn't this isn't nom. There are rules. The the only problem with that is uh, pretty much this entire country is armed to the teeth at this point. Yeah. Yeah. And there are I get shot of, over a basket. Yeah. I did speak up what I was at a, a Weigel's and like there was a long line, but they did have two registers open, but they did the thing which I appreciate. Oh. Where you sit in the middle and you split. So whoever opens up next next in line goes to that person, right? Not two separate lines. <laughs> so we're all sitting there. There's a woman in front of me. like So I'm like the second. I had this exact same. I know exactly. What, remember, yeah. we talked about this before. Yeah. I, I, I called yeah. that woman out at, at Walmart. Yeah. yeah. This guy walks up, jumps over here, and I said, I said, what are you doing? And he goes, oh, I'm just getting in line here. I'm like, do you think all these people in this line here are waiting for just this one person? Yeah. Yeah. And he goes, oh, I didn't realize. I'm like, yeah, yeah. no, the line ends back there. You damn skip Good for you. Does. Good for you, Marcus. Yeah, Good for you. And, and you said it. See, I, I always get snarky. That's what leads to, like, that That was probably the way to I handle can get it. Bear gets violent. Real- I, Bear gets, like, angry and, like, over the top. I get snarky and, like, make it uncomfortable. Marcus might be the grown-up. I don't really get angry. I, I, I'll get real loud. And I'll make sure yeah. that everything stops and everybody looks over. Yeah. That's uh, it's it's an old bar thing. Like if you had a, a drunken buffoon at the bar, and everybody's been waiting forever, uh, you call him out in front of everybody. Folks, we have a good show lined up for you this afternoon. Mike Wilson of your News Sentinel, University of Tennessee basketball beat writer, is going to jump in with us here today. Tennessee practicing. It sounds like Vescovy's trying to work back in. Freddie Bucket's first appearance with the Vols today at practice. Seen some of that. Tennessee gets a. Commitment from the transfer portal, Gabe Judy Lally will join us on the show. Coming up in hour number two, we'll talk to Tennessee's newest defensive back. So stay with us. we got a big one lined up today. It is The Drive on Fan Run Radio. Quick timeout. We're back with more right after this. 
Fan Run Radio, the drive continues. Russell Bear and Marcus Young cruising with you on a Thursday afternoon edition of the show. Mike Wilson covers Tennessee athletics for your Knoxville News Sentinel standing by on the Big Orange Phillies phone lines. Good afternoon, Mike. How are you, sir? Doing great. I'm just happy it stopped raining in Knoxville. That's a beautiful day. I mean, if we get another couple weeks like this, it'd be fantastic, but I don't think that's in the cards. (laughs) Enjoy it while it lasts, right? Uh, exactly. It'd feel like baseball season if it stayed like this for a couple more weeks. Oh, man. Uh, baseball just around the corner. I want to get your thoughts on uh, this year's Tennessee team coming up here in a second, but let's start with hoops, Mike, and uh, just, you know, big picture. What's your read on where this Tennessee Tennessee team is at halfway through the season, roughly? Yeah, I mean, they're kind of where you expect them to be, I think, to, to the large large extent. Uh, it's a team that should be competing for the SEC title. Um, that always should have been the case going into this year, and it's a team that's got to compete for, for a good run in March, and we'll see what obviously comes of that when that arrives. But um, I think this Tennessee team had a lot of no-ins going into the season, and those no-ins have been pretty pretty darn steady. I mean, there's similar weaknesses to last year, uh, which obviously some of those came to, to fruition against Kentucky, but the strengths are also really similar just in terms of the players, the pieces, and the things that they're capable of doing. So I think it's kind of right about where you expect it to be. I don't know if we expect it to be the number one defense in the country, but that's obviously the the calling card that they've hung their hat on for years. What do you think the team needs to do or figure out between now and the end of the season to have the decent run fans are hoping to see in March? Yeah, I think it's can Julian Phillips be the, the consistent, aggressive player we saw at Mississippi State? It's clear Tennessee's a different team when, when he brings it like that. Um, he's you got the highest ceiling on the roster, um, certainly from an NBA and professional standpoint, and you know, I think he just hasn't always been that guy. And obviously, it's a five-star freshman who walks into a loaded roster with a lot of a lot of experience, a lot of guys who have to find roles, and you kind of got to feel it out a little bit. But when he took over that game at the start of the second half, yes, or uh, Tuesday, everything turned. So that's one of the big ones to me. And also, can Tennessee just be consistent in the post? Um, those guys don't have to be world beaters, don't have to be superstars. But if Tennessee can get consistent defense rebounding and you know, like 25 points a game out of their forwards, I think you're going to feel pretty good about where you are for the most part. But yeah, I think seeing those two things kind of become consistent would go a long way. What is your take on where Vescovy is at? Obviously, he's a key guy. And uh, I saw where Barnes today said it was a grade two uh, shoulder sprain. Look that up. And, you know, the WebMD diagnosis here, which we all know is super reliable 100% of the time. So two to four weeks, basically, to come back from that. Uh, that sounds like that's going to be something that, that he has to battle back. And, and even like, you know, he did it earlier in the season, right? And he was just getting healthy, gets it yanked in the Kentucky game. And now I don't know if he's back to square one, but it's obviously a setback. Um, that seems like a major problem for Tennessee when you're talking about a first-team All-SEC guy coming into the year. Yeah, and the line today from, from Tennessee was that, that Vescovy is working back into practice. Um, doesn't mean he's full go necessarily. Doesn't mean he's going to play Saturday necessarily. Doesn't mean he's not going to play Saturday either. But I think Tennessee has to take the approach with this of the long game, right? Um, same thing they did with Josiah Jordan-James' second stint out you've got to make sure the guys are ready to go late in the season. You don't, you don't need to worry about a Saturday in January uh, in terms of having a player ready and equipped to go because you need, especially a guy like Santi, ready for the long run. 
So I, I assume Tennessee will take this with a, an amount of caution and, and make sure to try to avoid this happening again because he is their best scorer, their best shooter, uh, and gives Tennessee so, so much of a different presence offensively just in terms of spacing and the way he moves. Talking with Mike Wilson of your Knoxville News Sentinel this afternoon. He covers basketball and baseball, the Vols and the News Sentinel. And, Mike, talk about some of these seniors, Vescovy, and uh, I've, everybody's lost track, right, of the, the COVID year and who has that extra year. Do you know anything about any of the seniors? I, I think Urosh, Kamwa, Triple J, Vescovy, I think all those guys, I'm not sure about Key, have an extra year if they wanted to use it. Do you see any of those guys coming back next season? I think Tyreek is out uh, of eligibility. If okay. I, and I, I think, I'm not 100% on that, but this is his sixth year at this point. Um, so I believe that is the case. Um, the other guys do. I think I would be probably surprised if, if they chose to use it um, in most instances. I mean, Santi's a guy who's going to get paid to play basketball um, after this season somewhere. Um, probably has a shot to crack himself into a, a potential end-of-bench NBA role just with his shooting and, and the things he can do. Josiah Jordan-James, same deal. I mean, he's got a shot to, to get paid pretty well to play basketball somewhere as well. Um, Olivier and Oroch are both going to have those opportunities, presumably overseas, given they're, they're both overseas guys who there's always a, an attraction there with rosters and things to build them out with, with people. Um, so they're all going to have opportunities to play basketball. So I don't know if any of them will use that, but I do believe those four have that option if they chose to use it. What about Julian Phillips? Obviously all these five stars fancy themselves one and done coming into it. He's been up and down, saw a great performance in Starkville on, on Tuesday, what are your thoughts about uh, where he could be this time next season? Yeah, one of my thoughts coming into the year about this team was that, that Julian's probably going to be Rick Barnes' highest draft pick at Tennessee so far. Uh, I mean, 22 was, was Grant Williams in, in 2019. That's the highest Barnes has had here. and I, I think Phillips is just such a, a modern NBA wing. Um, his shot's better than his stats show it is. Uh, and obviously he can score at, at all three levels. He's shown a, a bit of that uh, when his shot is falling. Lanky defender, guy that can rebound, very athletic. So I think he's got a great shot to be a, a longtime NBA player. I think coming into the year, you're talking one and done. He's been up and down. Um, I'd be shocked if he doesn't at least explore the NBA after this year and, and won't be shocked from there where it goes. But, I mean, he, he's, it's a wing league, and Julian Phillips is a perfect wing for, for the way the NBA plays now. Freddie DeLeon, first practice today with Tennessee. Rick Barnes was pretty adamant when he signed and when it was announced that he was coming in early that he's going to be red-shirting. I feel like they made similar comments about Vescovy. I know every situation is is different. Obviously, he was coming in from overseas. But do, do you see DeLeon 100% red-shirting, or could there be a scenario where they throw him out there this year? Well, that was the plan with Santi. Santi's plan was to redshirt, but then obviously Lamonte Turner – uh, ended his career uh, a couple days after that. So that, that really changed Tennessee's plans. They kind of had to, to rush Santi into the mix. And I don't see that being the case here. Those were very different circumstances just with the way that Tennessee's season kind of suddenly flipped back then um, when Lamonte w- was done and they needed a point guard and Santi just arrived. So I, I would expect that, that Freddie DeLeon is a guy who redshirts. They're, they've been adamant that he's going to run on the scout team and learn the offense, get ready for next year. So barring anything crazy, I I can't really imagine that being something that changes. Mike Wilson with us from the News Sentinel in Tennessee, heading to Baton Rouge to take on LSU this weekend. They're kind of on a a skid. I think they've lost four or five in a row 
now after opening the season with a win over Arkansas. Uh, thoughts on this game, Mike? Obviously, Tennessee's going to be a favorite, but never easy to win on the road in the SEC. Yeah, I think this is a game where you need to see Olivier, uh, Julian, Jonas play really well defensively. K.J. Williams, LSU's forward, is, is really good. Uh, averages, I think, around 17-7, and seven, shoots 45-ish percent from three. Just a, a guy that can do a whole lot of things and score a lot. Yeah, LSU is scuffling a bit. I mean, mind you, their past two games were at Alabama and against Auburn, who are two of the top three teams in the SEC uh, right now. So it's not as – I think they're one and five in, in the SEC. The record probably isn't as indicative of the team that LSU is compared to, to what it could show up and be on Saturday. So Tennessee's got to bring it. That's a place they've struggled to win uh, through the past few years, lost there last year again. And so go, going down there isn't a gimme. What's your pecking order in the SEC right now? Is uh, not quite halfway through, I think, conference play, but Alabama, number one, uh, Tennessee, Kentucky, Auburn, Arkansas, a couple teams vying for that uh, second spot right now and, and perhaps challenging the tide for the regular season championship? Yeah, I mean, I think Alabama is, is clearly the number one team at this point. Um, just, I mean, Brandon Miller should be a national player of the year conversations maybe more than he is even though he already is um he's been absolutely tremendous uh for nato that's the number one team right now tennessee is obviously right there in that second slot in the standings and from the eye test i think um, and that that's interesting when you talk them being one too because tennessee gets alabama here uh, in knoxville for the only meeting of the year on february 15th so that could be a, a game with high consequences when it rolls around i think auburn's that third team right now um, and should remain that way. They're really good defensively. Uh, I think the guards are, are playing more consistent basketball than they did last year when they kind of held Auburn back a little bit um, with that dominant front court they had then. After that, it gets interesting. I mean, Kentucky should play itself into that, but they haven't been there. Arkansas without Nick Smith just isn't right there in that 3-4 range, uh, but that's also an interesting roster with so many new pieces that you're not really sure what that will be at the end of the year. Missouri's playing out of its mind under Dennis Gates, which has been really impressive given that that was a team that just didn't do much in the SEC in recent seasons. So there's kind of a a clear-to-me top three right now, and then right after that it's it's interesting because you know the teams that should be there uh, with Kentucky and Arkansas, they just haven't quite been that. Um, And I think Texas A&M is probably in that group too. Uh, They were a team I thought coming to the year were a top five SEC team after the way they finished last year. All right, Mike, let's hit on baseball here for a minute or two. A lot of excitement around the program, a lot of excitement for the upcoming season. What are your thoughts on Tony Vitello's boys this year? Can they be as good as last year's team? I mean, anytime you return your entire starting rotation, and it was a really good starting rotation, that's a great situation for a program. And obviously Chase Dolander is getting talked about as the, the number one pick in next year's MLB draft. Chase Burns is going to get talked about that in the following year's draft. So, I mean, bringing back that trio with Drew Bean being the third is a tremendous asset um, for Tony Vitello to build into. You're going to have questions about the offense, just who's going to kind of have what role. Um, Probably not the same sort of lineup as last year when you could kind of throw anyone anywhere and expect for a a whole bunch of runs and a whole bunch of homers. But Blake Burke, Christian Moore being in the middle of that group, Maui Ahuna being a potential first-round guy, and I think you know – in the heart of that order, but the way that the rest of the roster falls is going to be really interesting just in terms of what that team becomes because there's a whole lot of potential for them to have a, a really special season again. 
they return a lot of get the pitching a, a lot. Uh, there are a lot of infielders, outfielders being replaced. The entire outfield. Um, care to hazard a guess how how that's going to shake out? Like you te- mentioned, like Burke at first, Ahuna at, at short seems pretty much set. Denton and I think Moore is going to play second. What, what, what's going on in the outfield, Mike? I know there's uh, a lot of guys vying for three spots there. Yeah, I mean, I think Griffin Merritt, the Cincinnati transfer, is probably a lock to be in that lineup and hit, you know, in that four, five, six range. I uh, was the AAC player of the year last year. Um, so I would assume he's right there in that. Um, Kyle Booker had a really nice fall. Uh, and that's a guy that you've seen glimpses of throughout his career of what he can become and uh, has had some special moments here and there, but they need just that consistency out of him. Um, a lot of bodies. I mean, that's what's really interesting in that, in that position group. There's a young trio, uh, Dylan Dryling, uh, Reese Chapman, and Alex Stanwich, all of whom were, were highly regarded incomers. And that's probably Tennessee's future outfield, is all three of those guys. Uh, one of them definitely could be in the conversation to be the left fielder, uh, potentially center fielder. So Tennessee has options there, but that is the position group where you're kind of like, all right, well, what's going to shake out? Because the infield's pretty established with Denton, Ahuna, uh, Christian Moore and Blake Burke. And as good as this program is, you've seen all these polls come out and they're generally ranked second behind mm-hmm. LSU. I mean, the SEC is absolutely loaded again this year, as it has been for a long time. And it feels like there's going to be just a dang Royal Rumble <laughs> at the top between uh, these great programs. Uh, any thoughts on the rest of the league? Man, yeah, I mean, I get why the conversation starts with LSU, just in terms of the transfer class they brought in with Tommy White, uh, Thatcher Hurd, a pitcher from UCLA, and you've already got Dylan Cruz, who might be the top pick in the draft. I mean, he's in that conversation with Chase Dolander. Trey Morgan has been a star for his two years so far in the SEC, so it's a pretty loaded roster down there, so I get it. But, I mean, that's what makes SEC baseball special, right? There's programs perennially in the conversation for Omaha, Arkansas, Ole Miss, Mississippi State, Obviously, two of those teams have won the last two national titles, so it's it's really special to to see SEC baseball and how it comes along. Yeah, no doubt, Mike. Great catching up with you. We will do it again soon. Uh, enjoy the weekend and the rest of this lovely weather here in East Tennessee. Yeah, thank you guys for having me on. Thank you, Mike Wilson of your Knoxville News Sentinel. You can follow him on Twitter at by Mike Wilson and look for his coverage of Tennessee and LSU. This weekend at KnoxNews.com and your News Sentinel. A lot to unpack there. A little baseball talk is exciting. We'll be working that in more and more here in the coming weeks. So get ready for it. Uh, got me a bit giddy over here. Tingly for, for baseball, man. Baseball weather out there right now. It's yeah, I know. Spring training that. Yeah. weather. Windy, warm breeze. Nice stuff. Stay with us. The drive continues. I remind you, Mike Wilson appears, as all fan-run guests do, via the magic of the Big Orange Phillies phone lines. You check out Big Orange Phillies this weekend. They'll have the Vols game against LSU on. They'll have all the NFL playoff action on. Great spot to get out and watch games, drink a few beers, have some wings, Philly cheesesteak, whatever floats your boat. Big Orange Phillies, 6625 Maynardville Pike and Halls, online at BigOrangePhillies.com. The Drive continues. Back with more right after this. Fan Run Radio, The Drive continues. Mike Wilson, Knoxville News Sentinel. Bear, what did you learn? Um, It was interesting thinking about because I started really thinking about it, but um, like Vesco, the guys, and what their pro 
you know, potential is and where they'll probably be playing. And I see Cam Wall and Euros making a lot of money playing over in Europe and living at home. There's so few guys from Europe that make it. I mean, there's not many guys that make it in the NBA. You have a killer life. You're living basically in back home in Europe. If you could have one of Urosh, Kamwa, Triple J, Vescovy back for a fifth year, who would it be? Urosh, Kamwa, Vescovy, and Triple J? Yeah. Probably going to go with Vesco. Yeah. Because he's, he's the closest thing we have to being what Stevie Hamer was talking about yesterday, that guy. That's the closest we got to it as far just, as shooting the three. I mean, shooting is a – I, I mean, his, I've been his saying, is pure. I've been saying it for years. Like, when if I'm recruiting, I'm recruiting shooters, man. Like, forget the length and the athleticism. Give me shooters, and you can identify that in high school. Yeah. You shoot in high school. You 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 can shoot in college. If you can't shoot in in high school, you might be able to shoot down the road, but it's going to be a process. Good shooters can shoot young, and like they're they're showing it by by high school. I mean, and I just you think can we definitely have, work on it, but it, it's something it's, you have to. There's really an good shooter. Yeah, there. They're, they're, you're born with a with a little bit more. Just aim, hand eye coordination, Accuracy, things like that. Yeah. yeah, like again, it's a skill that can be developed. But like, I, bring me a bunch of dudes who can shoot it, and then Barnes can first of all whip them into shape with his training program and Maidenwald and all that. But then he can te- he could teach the defense. Like you can teach anybody to play defense. That's as yeah. Long as that's, in that's decent shape. You can't. You get some guys. In there, it's like Meshack. It's like he's he's just not going to be a great shooter here. Like he might be by the time he's a senior. He might be by the time he's like twenty five or so. If he if he's playing yeah pro ball somewhere, he Over can develop that. But he ain't a good shooter right now. It's just not it's his. It's crazy deal. because out of all of them, he's probably the most Rick Barnes player like what he looks for and what he demands before you can walk on the court like defensively and how hard he works he just you're right man he's not a good shooter right now Vescovy's improved a lot he was not a shooter shooter when he first got here and now he's lights out when that it was last year when that switch really got yeah flipped. yeah what does that worry you I mean the the shoulder sprain situation oh yeah 100 what is it it's a second degree yeah because I'm, I'm thinking like a what? shoulder spread, like just try shooting, right? Try try your shooting motion right now, and imagine your shoulder really hurting. Yeah, and, and try try doing that against the best players in America outside of the NBA. And and he wasn't he wasn't himself at the beginning of the year when mm-hmm. he was coming back from that, and he had just started to become that guy again, and now he gets it yanked on. And I'm just wondering, even if we see him. This weekend or next week at some point, is it going to be? Is he going to be struggling to shoot again because his shoulder's so sore and it's still getting better? Better. He he might. Be, and what happens if he gets <clears throat> tackled again and, and thrown down again? I mean, this is a very physical conference. Sure. But the bottom line is, uh, I mean, I hate to be so blunt, but it's it's put up or shut up time for some of the guys on the team. It's it's, you know, Vesco's down right now. Some people got to step up. I'm looking at Urosh. I'm looking at Camwa specifically. Julian Phillips, you're really a one and done. Let's start seeing it. Night in and night out. It, it can't it can't all be on Zakai. I mean, he'll be burnt out by the time we get to the tournament. Yeah. 
it's going to be interesting to see how that's the other part shake of it. out. You know, you're still. It's just. Would a Fulmer always talk about the boy who's like putting uh, the, oh, the, the holes in the dam yeah, and the Dutch like, boy? We we finally get, we finally get Triple J back and and Vescovy and everything's kind of humming. Starting to gel. The it's starting to hum. It's just, starting to hum. Yeah. And now all of a sudden Vescovy's out again. Like Key, Camwa was was getting rolling, and now he's had two back to back kind of the 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 so so game. The tumble and the game. arm yank hurt us more than losing those mouth breathing uh, i don't know about that i don't know about that losing the game compared to him i'm surprised you you don't know about that what man Vescovy got hurt yeah that's what i'm talking about yeah i think that's going to end up hurting us more than losing the I, I don't know about that. I, I'm I'm that assuming costing us several games. I'm assuming that he's going to be back at some point in the next week or so, and that by by a month from now he's going to be back to his normal self. I'd rather win the game. <laughs> rather win. Well, I, you definitely don't want to lose the game. And Play to him. win the game. What are we talking about here? And and that's going to be the problem with him because the first thing he does if that ball gets loose. I mean, he's like the Tasmanian devil. He just goes wild. And he's going to have to protect himself yeah, the rest he's of the to year. dial it back a bit, isn't he? Yeah. Like, in, unless it's an NCAA tournament game at the end, he can't be diving into the scrum. No. No. And, Bar- and I'm sure Barnes and, and the coaches will make that very clear to him. Uh, I'll tell you who I was really proud of the other night after I went back and watched that game. Uh, Zakai Ziegler. The amount of control he showed – and control over his game and his level of aggression defensively. I, he didn't pick up a foul until, what, the second half? In the Mississippi State game? Yeah. Like, he knew, and I, w- I was really impressed with that. And hopefully he can continue to do that. Because whether Vescovy's back or not, we don't need him in foul trouble. Folks, we got the NFL playoffs divisional weekend coming up in FanDuel Wants you to get in on the action. New customers join today, and you could bet the divisional round with $150 in free bets. Guaranteed when you place your first $5 bet. Just sign up using our promo code DRIVE1. That's DRIVE and the number one. What bets would you make with $150 this weekend on the playoffs? I have to do a little bit more research on this. My initial thoughts are I like the Bills to cover five and a half at home against the Bengals. I think that team's on a mission. I'm kind of feeling the Giants on the road at the Eagles. And I just I think the world of Brian Dable. And I wonder about Jalen Hurts, how healthy he is, and if he's going to be the Jalen Hurts we saw at the beginning of the season here in the postseason. Kind of like the Jags on on the road against the Chiefs. I don't know how they win the game, but eight and a half points? I could see them keeping it close. I have no feel on that 49ers-Cowboys game, by the way. You can get your action down at FanDuel, America's number one sports book. They've got all your favorite bets, money line, point spread, player props, and, of course, the old same-game parlay. Combine your bets for a chance at an even bigger payout with the SGP all on a safe Secure and super easy to use app. Football fans, don't miss out 
Place your first $5 bet, get $150 in free bets, win or lose, when you sign up with our promo code DRIVE1. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL. You must be 21 or older and present in Tennessee. First online real money wager, only $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as now withdrawable free bets that expires in 14 days. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call Tennessee Redline 1-800-889-9789. Coming up in hour number two, we're going to be joined by Gabe Judy Lally. He commits to Tennessee today transfer portal it's interesting his third school hmm. where was his first you see a lot of these guys come through two schools he started off as a lightly regarded recruit went to Vanderbilt and played there I want to say three years transferred to BYU where he played this past season and now he's coming to Knoxville to play for the Big Orange huh and he's one of these longer guys, uh, cornerback 6'1", 185. That seems to be where Long and lanky. the game is trending. He actually had an interception against us in that 2020 game. I'm not sure who threw it, but the the COVID game down there in, in Nashville where Tennessee – Oh, he's the guy that made that pick. Yeah, he, he, picked a, uh, he had an interception against Tennessee. So, pretty – I mean, this is a this is a position need, obviously, cornerback for Tennessee, and um, see if I can pull this up. PFF grades. Th- this was interesting. Shout out to Jordan Moore on Twitter who found this note. Judy graded out with a seventy nine point one PFF grade on six hundred fifty eight defensive snaps last season. That was ninety first out of 917 quarterbacks, cornerbacks listed. For comparison, Tennessee's highest-rated corner this past year was Slaughter. He graded out at 71.4. Season, uh, he's at the bottom of the top 10%. He's at the top. He's, he's he, in the top 10%. Yeah. Yeah. Seven, right, so Slaughter was our highest-graded over the year at 71.4. This guy graded out at 79.1. Significant, significant difference. It's a nice bump. Yeah. It's a nice bump. So he was, uh, Gabe Judy Lolly was 91st out of 917 corners. Slaughter was 315th out of 917. And I, I just, I know I, I'm kind of in the minority here. People jump on me and say, I don't, I'd rather see Slaughter at safety, quite frankly. He's just so physical, man. Yeah. I mean, he's, I'd rather have him coming from there up and run support and, you know, cleaning stuff up. And, I mean, your safeties are the guys that are getting the angles and delivering, you know, delivering blows. Yep. Punishing people. It'd be interesting to see how it shakes out. I mean, we need help back there, obviously. And Well, I'm looking forward to it. Should be a good, nice addition. I, I don't. We can ask him if the coaches promised anything. I doubt he would say that they did, but I also doubt that he would be coming here for his final year of college football if he thought he was going to be buried on the depth chart. He wants to go somewhere he can play. Yeah, and I mean this guy's. I mean he's he's already played great. It was it was Vanderbilt, but I mean hell, he intercepted us. But 
This is a guy that played three years in the SEC, and then BYU is a Power Five team. I mean, this is a he's a big time player. I actually think he has two years of eligibility Ooh. from what I, I've read. Man, I, okay, so I saw uh, one of the stories I read said he has three years to play two years, which if he was if he played in 2019, which I believe he did, then I mean, how is that possible? Is it uh, 19, COVID. 20, 21, 22? So he's played four years. You got the extra COVID year, like that's twenty three. So that, I mean, he's already played three years, right? Unless he redshirted. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. If, if he only played four games or something. Yeah, he could have two. And there's no. Uh, we'd have to go back and look at what he did. At it's Vandy. so it's so impossible to keep up with. Well, it, the COVID thing is what really. Yeah. When you added that that extra variable into the equation, that'll be all done by twenty twenty five. Would be the last year we have to deal with COVID. Think about that part of the equation. So wild. You believe it's almost been three years now? Since 2020? Yeah. Seems like time just keeps moving faster and faster. Time keeps on slipping into the future is what Steve Millerman said. The 865-546-8200. We'll open up the phone lines here. If you want to jump in. Go ahead and shoot your shot. 546-8200, your number to get on the show this afternoon. See what else, what else is going on in your world hey, of sports. I know we're going to start ramping up for it, but we're loaded in baseball, aren't we? Yeah. Yeah, Ooh. pretty good. Spencer Sanders, the Oklahoma State quarterback, is going to Ole Miss. So they got the guy from LSU yesterday. They get Oklahoma State starter today. I think I saw uh, – I'll have to go back and look during the break, but uh, Dart may be on the move. So Seems like the writing is on the wall for him. But, like, uh, CeeLo was talking about, he's pretty sure he's going to have to sit out if he does. He's going to have to sit out for a year. Mm. So he already used his one-time transfer to go from USC to Ole Miss. Is that where he started off at? Yes. And so if he, if he hasn't graduated – he might have to sit out unless he transfers down. Yeah. He wasn't terribly impressive this year. I think uh, Lane Kiffin is looking to upgrade there. Well, yeah. That Sanders kid's for real. He's a pretty good quarterback. I also saw on Twitter that I think Barrett Salee is also transferring to Old Miss to play quarterback there. Barrett Salee, the CBS writer? Oh, yeah. you're joking. Ha ha, funny joke. Well, that's the joke that he made too on Twitter. Was just that the seems like every starting quarterback wants to go to Old Miss. Well, the kid from LSU wasn't a starter. He competed for the starting spot though with Daniels because Daniels yeah. didn't win it straight out. Well, the the Nussmeier guy was the other one that played. Why right? can't Lane get a top shelf quarterback recruit to come there? Why does he have to keep getting guys out of the portal? It's a good question. I mean, he's supposed to be the quarterback whisperer. Doesn't have the uh, – he, he blame it on NIL. That's exactly what he did. do. don't have the money. Lane Kiffin. All right, Marcus has your top four at four. When we continue, stay with us. You're listening to The Drive. More fan-run radio coming up. <laughs> 